obviously, obviously, Ontario is the best province. We all know that. Dogs know it. You're born knowing it. But the second best province is Manitoba. As a Manitoba native myself, <laughs> let's talk to a fellow Manitoban. Andrew Patterson, partner and co-host of Winnipeg Sports Talk and ambassador for CoolBet. How's it going, Andrew? Guys, uh, it's great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this game tonight and uh, maybe squeezing uh, a March Madness pick out of JD after this ridiculous heater he's been on. He's on a I'm so sad that it's over, though. Now. I was so oh. sad that it's over. USC, I got suckered in. Such a public guy move of just wanting to have the underdog and believing in what I saw from those two big guys. But, yes, I appreciate that greatly, that you followed along the streak. It was great. New streak starts tonight, you know? New streak starts tonight. This is all streaks have to start somewhere, and this one will be brand new. I guess I guess I got to decide whether or not I'm going to bet on this Leafs game. I usually like to put a little sprinkle, but Jets kind of scare me, man. Uh, I think they scare a lot of Leafs fans. How do you feel about this matchup? How do you think that people in Winnipeg feel about it? Because basically the narrative here is this is the team that stacks up the best with Toronto. This is the team that scares their fan base the most. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for that. And I think that the Jets as as an overall, I mean, you look and you compare them to the Leafs or the Oilers specifically in the North division. And I mean, right at the top of the lineup, I mean, in Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, you'll give the, the check to, you know, to those clubs, but you know, one to 12 at the forward position, I think you can put the jets forward depth up against anyone. And I mean, the, the biggest wild card in all of this, and you guys saw that in Toronto a couple of weeks back is Connor Hellebuck. I mean, yeah. he is a superstar and this is a guy that can win games. I mean, the Jets have had a great season so far. I'm not going to sit here, come up to your show and tell you that some of these games haven't been stolen by Connor Hellebuck, yeah. um, but the Goldies get paid too. And, uh, yep. you know, that, that is such a, a difference maker when it comes down to these tight, close games, whether it be at the end of the regular season or in the playoffs. And, you know, what he's done in Winnipeg over the last three, four years um, has established just a whole new level of confidence, certainly from fans watching the Winnipeg Jets, but I think also the guys in that dressing room and, it's turning into wins, and it's, it's created a team that has showed a resiliency, guys, that, you know, when they lose, I think they've only lost back-to-back regulation games once this season. And that's the calling card of a good team and uh, a team that will be tough to bounce in uh, a best of seven. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck is so good that he actually ruined Freddie Anderson's season because Leafs fans up until that point were feeling okay about Anderson, and there was this discussion of, hey, you know, they got a good thing going here with Freddie Anderson. He's a good goaltender, and he probably takes too much flack. And then Hellebuck stole those games and played that way, and the discussion quickly became, do the Leafs have a guy who can do that? And it's it's always a, what is it, the thief of joy is is comparison. And so that's totally what's happened here in Toronto is people compare their goaltender to Connor Hellebuck, and it's, well, now you feel sad. Now you feel bad. But it's had a massive effect on the psyche of people here. I can't imagine that it hasn't had an impact on some of the players. And it really has had a ripple effect. That's how good that guy is, is that it, it has a ripple effect throughout an entire fan base about how they feel about their team and their goaltender. And it, it really hasn't been the same since. It's why I think one of the hugest things over the next couple of games is whether or not the Leafs can put a bunch of pucks behind them. Oh, no, I think you're bang on on this. I mean, I think there's still – I mean, let's face it. These games matter somewhat. I mean, yep. and maybe it's a little different this year when it comes to, you know, being an all-Canadian division. Certainly there's some yep. bragging rights. I mean, in so many of these other Canadian markets, you have tons of Habs fans and Leaf fans that, 
you know, invade the building when the team come in and fans are able to be there. So, I mean, I think it's more special for most fans this year. But again, it'll be great to raise that banner, but does it really matter once you're one of the final four? Not too much. Um, and, and goaltending is something we see it every single year. I mean, listen, you can't get, you can't be in the conversation if you don't have the talent to compete with some of the other teams. Um, but goaltending is something that, you know, simply is really the difference maker a lot of times between tight wins and tight losses. And we know how closely these games are. We know how close the standings are right now. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly a, a different level of confidence here in the peg about a player like him and a team like that. And for the Leafs coming into this period, really heading into the, the trade deadline, I think it's one of the most fascinating situations in the year. I mean, I think everyone, you know, inside and outside of the market knows the pressure on the Leafs to, and never mind win the damn cup, win around. How about that to start off? So, um, you know, you're going to need goaltending. And what Kyle Dubas does heading into, what is it, the 12th of April, I think will be quite fascinating. Um, but then once it's all said and done, we'll move on with four teams in Canada playing against each other. And it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And um, it, it will be special, I think, for what, whatever fan base is able to both win the division, but more importantly, be in that final four as some real bragging rights. Although, I don't know about you guys, I and mean, we spent so much time focusing on these seven teams, it's sort of like you forget about the other 24. And there's some pretty good teams south of the border this year as well. But I don't care. we'll focus on the job at hand first, and that's uh, the head-to-head matchup tonight for first place and uh, heading yeah. on to the playoffs. Yeah, no, I don't care about the American teams. Uh, I watch them from time to time. Uh, I weirdly have tuned into more Buffalo Sabres games than any of the other ones because Dylan Cousins <laughs> plays for them, and I'm from the UConn, so I want to watch him play, and I just watch them get destroyed. And then I, I panic as to whether this is going to ruin his career. Uh, yeah, and I, I gamble on hockey a lot. I, I still enjoy a sport. I jump around. But in terms of care level of the investment in these games is not close because I care so much about the North Division. And, dude, I've been saying this from the beginning, that it actually does feel like two Stanley Cups this year because if you're the Canadian team that comes out of this – if you're the team that ends up on top and, and is in the conference final and actually gets the opportunity to play a team from the States, it almost doesn't even matter if you get knocked out because you do have those bragging rights. And so I'm from out West, right? I, I grew up in Whitehurst, Yukon. I've lived in BC. Uh, I used to live in the Ottawa Valley, so I know a ton of Senators fans. Like A large, large, large swath of my friends are fans of other teams. I don't really have any friends who are fans of the Jets. I don't know very many people, but it's because... People my age, like, I didn't really grow up with the Jets. I didn't go through my seminal years of a sports fans with the Jets. And I think a lot of Leaf fans are this way, where there's just not that rivalry. There's not that trash talk. There's not the same level of animosity towards the Jets. When Winnipeg got the team back, straight up, straight up, I cried. I cried watching that fan base fill that building, the coming home video, the whiteout. Just it was such a special moment, and I've always had this sort of soft spot for Winnipeg. I think a lot of people do, where it's just, hey, these are the guys that got their team back. If you do root, quote unquote, for another Canadian team, and you're from Toronto, or at least if you're me, that's the only one that I'll sneaky root for. But do you think this is actually maybe going to heat it up, or that this is actually going to create some sort of, uh, I don't know? discord between these fan bases because I would imagine and you tell me and this is what I wanted to know from you do people from Winnipeg hate the Leafs the most like do they think about us do they care about this city because the rest of Western Canada is obsessed with hating Toronto Vancouver thinks we're rivals Vancouver's always like Toronto we're so mad at Toronto and Toronto doesn't think about Vancouver ever Vancouver's completely irrelevant here not one person ever thinks about them ever 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 but here we have a situation where it's like oh 
I, I think if Toronto lost to Winnipeg, it would be the one team where fans would say, okay, that's without a doubt the team we would choose to lose to, not only because they're good, but also because there's no, there's no heat. Yeah, no, it's a real interesting question. I, I mean, in a lot of ways, the answer to that is yes. I mean, I think anywhere in the West, Winnipeg's not a lot, Manitoba's not a lot different as you get further out West. Uh, you know, there's always been, oh, you know, all they care about is, you know, the center of the universe, Toronto. But um, all of your points are well taken. We felt the support from everywhere around Canada, really the hockey world. It's such a great story with the team coming back, and it's been pretty clear. I mean, if you paid it all attention, just what it's done to our city and you know, the, 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 the sports community here and, and really connecting Winnipeg with so many people that have left everywhere else. Um, but, you know, once you get to that point, I mean, the Jets are one of those teams that you're right. I mean, and they've been playing the Central Division. So it's not like you've got any big divisional rivalries within Canada. And that's why this has been such a special year. When that changes is when, you know, we get to the playoffs this year. And, you know, if the Jets and Leafs do play, then I think you'll get you know, a, a little bit more juice in those sort of matchups as far as a legitimate rivalry. But, you know, part of what you said, J.D., I think goes to what we've been seeing in betting lines all year long. The Winif- It's hard to imagine with the talent the Jets have up front, and, you know, it's been well documented. They lost some key defensemen, and they're looking to add to that at the deadline. And then you add in the Vesna Trophy winner, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, last week, the Leafs were the betting favorite at five plus 550 to win the cup and the jets were plus 20, 29 down from 39 to one the week of the week earlier they have been the most overlooked team in the national hockey league from day one of this season when they were 50 to one buffalo was 35 to one wrap your head around that for a minute and of any team this year if you would just put 100 bucks down to win mm-hmm. on every single game I think the Jets have now overtaken Carolina as the team that have made you the most money. So um, sometimes people like to bang and say, hey, you know, this team's overlooked. If you betting on the team, you quietly just like to take the odds and go for it. Um, but listen, I think people will be waking up to the talent on this team as we get closer to the spring. And we have a matchup, whether it be with the Habs, Leafs, or Oilers to start off the playoffs and potentially see the Jets in the second round if they can make it through. Yeah, that's insane because I think if you asked any Leaf fan that's watched these games in their entirety would say that that is 100% the team you're most afraid to face in the postseason. And you get out of this four-team North Division playoffs, you're one of the the final four teams with a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Those are stupid odds. Absolutely, I'd be taking that. Who's putting a dollar down on the Leafs to win the Cup at at those odds? But, yeah, to that point. Well, Tons of people. Idiots, that's why. I guess. That's why I know, but that's how this works. Is there's just way more people here. There's way more Toronto Maple Leafs fans, so they know that they're going to bet it. If you give the Leafs a line that's anywhere close to what Winnipeg's is, people are going to hammer it. They're going to have way too yeah. much leverage on that book. Yeah. No. So I mean, there might be a lot of rich people uh, in Winnipeg uh, by the time the summer rolls along. So I, I think we're both with you when it comes to the importance of winning the division and how important the standings are. That being said, I think there is because of the thing I just said, an import to avoiding the Jets in the first round. Like, if Jets fans had a chance to finish first in the division or avoid the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs, what are they choosing? Um, You know what? Honestly, I think they'll take the first in the division just simply because you're not getting out of the North if you can't beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, you know, I know the Leafs haven't had a great last couple, three weeks, but, I mean, this is an elite team. And, you know, as I mentioned, we'll see how they look after the after the trade deadline. I'd be shocked if Kyle Dubas doesn't, you know, make some significant moves knowing that the pressure is on that club. 
Um, you know, in a regular year, I mean, I guess you'd probably just think, yeah, give me the better matchup. Hopefully the team will be at home. There's no fans this year. So, um, listen, I, I think if you can win that division and get that banner up, certainly here in Winnipeg, even the year that they went all the way to the conference finals in 2018, they blew it on the final day of the regular season, getting that division banner up. So I think for the fan base here, they'd like to see that. As we mentioned, it's a special year. There's some bragging rights on it, but None of that really matters once we're at the end of 56. You're one of the four that has a chance to move on, and uh, you're not doing it in all likelihood if you don't beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in a best of seven. Uh, Andrew, thanks for this. Congrats on, on the, the new project that you've put forth yeah. here, uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, it's it's cool, an incredible success and, and well done. Um, thanks for taking time for us today. And, and now that you've come on, you're a friend of the show, can, can we now call you Hustler? Because I feel like yeah, I want ninety percent of this was I uh, wanted to be able to call you hustler. It's like the coolest thing yeah. they ever. If you didn't have it and I heard it, I would steal it hard. I would guys, so steal guys, it. No absolute pleasure. Jump on with you guys anytime. We'll try and get you on here in the peg. And if there's any Winnipeg expats out there that want a little bit more on the Winnipeg sports scene, just go to YouTube or any of your podcast feeds and search Winnipeg Sports Talk. Really appreciate you having me on, guys. Of course, Thanks, buddy. Andrew. It's uh, at Hustlerama. Andrew Patterson, and uh, ambassador for Coolbet and co-host of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, great stuff. See you, buddy. Take care, guys. Andrew Patterson, uh, fellow Manitoban. You could sense the connection between us. Don't you feel that way, though? I, I want to do this as a segment one day of just power rank the teams you would least want to lose to. Because I actually think that Edmonton and Montreal is somehow uh, all of a sudden a sneaky debate. The Jets, if the Jets beat the Leafs in the playoffs, everyone's going to be pissed, especially if it's in the first round. I'm not trying to downplay the urgency of this season, but do you know a Jets fan? A real Jets fan. Well, have you ever met a tickets. real Jets fan? What? My dad used to have season tickets. Oh, yeah, your dad. Your dad. If your dad could name one Winnipeg Jets player, I'd be blown away. Oh, this year? Yeah, that would be yeah. tough. Uh, no, oh, yeah. Because he was also <laughs> yeah. there. He was also there yeah. in 67. I know. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Your dad already texted me that he was there when I doubted him being there. And I look forward to hopefully a text from him where he just says, Connor Hellebuck, JD, I know, I know the team, JD. Maybe he'll call me later. Maybe he'll call me. But there's no heat. There's no heat between these two fan bases. It's the. I genuinely have no idea whether people from Winnipeg care about Toronto. Could it, could it be the one place in Canada where they're not pissed off all the time that Toronto gets more press clippings because there's a billion more people here and more people care about the team and that's what equates to clicks and eyeballs and all the different stuff? There's just not there's not a lot of media there too, right? Yeah, to, right. to espouse the views, to take right. the temperature of the fan base, to talk routinely about the sentiment in the locker room. It's like Paul Maurice is a loud voice. We hear Paul Maurice. Mm -hmm. Paul, yeah, Maurice Paul Maurice talks talks and he's our window into what's happening in Winnipeg but it's it's the least covered like that's just a statistical fact there's what one dedicated reporter to to that market in all of Canadian media it's just mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on there they do their own thing and you're right like the, the fact yeah the fact that they just got their team back people those are still fresh memories for a lot of people See, I, I, not to step on this segment that we might end up doing, but I, it's not even a question about who you would most accept a Maple Leafs series loss to, and it's the Winnipeg if, Jets. If the Leafs lose in the second round to the Winnipeg Jets, there will be a lot of apologists for this Leafs team. 
and there will not nearly there will not be even a whiff of the discontent there would be if they lost to Montreal or Edmonton in the second round. Not but even that's, close. That's part of the fan base and that's part of the team, but it's also mostly because of the way it would happen, and it's Connor Hellebuck just stealing your soul. And like, what are you going to do? I guess if you say that, but I... Uh, Leafs lose to Montreal or Edmonton, it's a full-scale disaster in the city, oh, yeah. right? Do, Is I, it, I don't... It, we go, what's worse about 2020 to 2021, pandemic or losing to Montreal in the city? Of Toronto. The Leafs lose to Montreal or Edmonton. Yeah. Is it a non-zero chance Kyle Dubas is fired this offseason? Yeah. I, I think is that's... it a non-zero chance that I never want to speak about that team ever again and I just bury every part of me that ever grew up a Leafs fan and just don't ever want to speak about them again because I'm so hurt that I need yeah. years to recover? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Let's never talk. Let's not talk about this ever again. <laughs> let's not do it. <laughs> uh, all right. We have an update. We got to see our producer's face during the break. He turned his microphone on. He turned his camera on. It was great. I wish he would leave it on. I'd like to see if he actually laughs at our jokes or how he reacts during the show. Wouldn't you? It's like an audience. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely love to see that. I don't know if it's possible technologically if we're trying to get these things up on YouTube, but you're right. Uh, yeah, I man, back in the before okay. days, back in the before times, I used to love playing to the producer. That's what you do. You look mm -hmm. out on the other side of the glass. Yeah. Is he laughing? Is he yeah. is he snoring because he's so bored? What's happening? Yeah. Is he on his phone yeah. playing is a he, golf game? Is he doing Lance and talking to Lance and looking like he's pissed off about something? And you go, uh oh, what's this going to be about? Do yeah. you see your boss come in oh, behind boy. and Nothing look like mad that. and then storm away? Rush. And then you what a feel rush that like, is. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we just assume our bosses hate every part of the show, every little yeah. morsel of the show. But Strange. we don't have to see it like we used to see it back in the day. Oh, we used to have glass separating us in the control room. And. Seeing your boss storm into that room, being able to see him, knowing that actually we had had it at times where it was tell these guys to break. That's when you know it's real bad. That's when you when's the next break? Uh, not it's for now. a while. No, no, it's <laughs> yeah. now. Wrong. Uh, Wrong hope, answer. <laughs> ho hoping we can delay it. Uh, we're blowing up the brakes. We're blowing up the spots. Maybe he'll forget. Uh, maybe they'll forget. But I do miss, you're right, playing to the producers and the contest of playing to the producers in an argument yeah. of basically yeah. looking at them and yeah. saying, huh, uh -huh. who's winning this? Who's, who's, who's right here? Who yeah. do you side with here? I miss that. I do as well. Oh, well. Maybe one day. Uh, let's talk to Patrick Sharp, mm, fellow good-looking man, uh, three-time Stanley Cup champion, <laughs> Olympic gold medalist, NHL on uh, NBC analyst. How's oh. it going, Patrick? It's going good. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm laughing here through the good. the Zoom oh, that's thanks. not up. So just in case yeah. you guys are wondering. Uh, that's good. That's really nice. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to turn it around because Ben mentioned your good looks. How hurt were you when you found out you weren't Victoria's Secret's sexiest athlete of 2009? Like they issue a press release. They say you are the sexiest man of 2009, the sexiest athlete. And then it turns out to be Derek Rose. Did you? How, how does that go for you? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I was yeah. uh, was wondering when we were going to get to that. Uh, right away. And <laughs> it's urgent. I figured it was going to be number one or two uh, on the question <laughs> uh, docket there. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, um, that was just something that 
uh, I think when I look back on it, Victoria's Secret had some promotion with Derrick Rose going. Uh, and they wanted to why. get all the Chicago yeah. sports fans connected. So they had a Bears guy, Urlacher. They had a Hawks guy, me. And then they had Derrick Rose. And they said, just vote for it. They underestimated the Hawks fan base because mm-hmm. I think we, like, started promoting it with the Blackhawks. And all our fans started voting for me. And uh, I think going into midnight, I was up by, like, 50,000 votes, I want to say, something like that, ridiculous. And then they announced in the morning that the other guy won. So it was a heartbreaker. I haven't really recovered from it just yet. The three Stanley Cups afterwards, uh, they just don't mean anything because I I wasn't named most sexy uh, athlete or whatever it was. See, you couldn't even remember that you've also won Olympic gold. That didn't even come up in your brain when you said the three Stanley Cups. You're like, yeah, I've done some things. I I don't know. I'm just kind of a shell of a man ever since I didn't win this award. I didn't get this award. Uh, that was I didn't know it was based on fan voting. I would have assumed that it was they got the Victoria's Secret models together. They got them all huddled in a room and said, all right, these are the three guys that we're picking it's from It's like when they today. elect a new pope, right? Like, yeah. And then the smoke comes up. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that would be good. Yeah, that I, think Eddie, be good. I think Eddie Olchek had a lot to do with that also. We played San Jose the night of the voting, and uh, I scored a shorthanded goal, and I still remember the call. He had, uh, he was saying, all, talking all about the Victoria's Secret contest instead of my uh, shorthanded goal, so maybe he helped push me over the edge, but <laughs> whatever, I'll have to move on. Second place, I'll take second place in that. Uh, hey, second place, not so bad, especially considering that our new colleague was not mentioned, wasn't even honorable mention for Christopher Stieg. Didn't even get make the ballot. Poor guy. He's not, doesn't matter how many sneakers you wear or whatever it is that you got. You're just not making the Victoria's Secret Sexiest Man ballot, Chris. This is tough. Tough, tough bounce, Steger. You know, yeah. you got to work a little harder. Maybe wear more <laughs> colorful suits or fix the hair up a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's pretty clear uh, of the two of you, you know, who's having the more successful foray into media. He is up here. He's trying very hard, though. He's, he's trying very hard. He won't shut up about you guys and what it took to win a cup. Uh, he brings it up all the time and what you need to win a Stanley Cup. I, I guess to you, do you think that Toronto has those elements? When you do get an opportunity to see them, do you – because I think it – maybe we even talked to you about this before, how it sort of pissed you off or some of the members of the Blackhawks off that when yeah. the Leafs were starting to get going, there was a lot of, hey, they could be the next Blackhawks. They could be the next group. They've got some similar pieces of DNA. Well, guess what? They haven't even won a playoff round. So that turned out to be kind yeah. of a, a false equivalency. But do you see them getting closer to that level where they look a little bit more ready to win? Yeah, I do. And, and first of all, Steger, I think he's doing an excellent job in his first uh, introduction to the media. He's, he's not afraid to give his opinion. Uh, he likes to stir up those Leafs fans as much as possible. So uh, I know he's going to get better and better as he goes. He's always fun to listen to. As far as the Leafs um, and what they have, if they have enough to win the Stanley Cup, I mean, time will tell. Uh, it's tough to compare I don't want to sound like that guy that says, uh, oh, back in 2010 or 2013. I mean, I was also on a team in the minors that won a championship. And, yeah, we had good players and a good coach and, and all that stuff. But the one thing in common that all these teams that I was on that won had was a belief that we were going to win and, and a want to win. And I know that sounds basic and it sounds like, oh, every team wants to win the cup. But you watch in a playoff series, every single one of them, there's a breaking point, whether it's in game two, whether it's in game five, whether it goes seven games, doesn't matter, where one team uh, takes over the series and and moves on. And I look at the Leafs roster. They've got superstar talent. We know that. They've got guys that I believe have the ability to cash in when it matters the most. 
you know, those game-breaking type scores that they're going to make a play under pressure. Uh, what I like about their team right now is they've got some of these veteran guys, Thornton, Spezza, Wayne Simmons, players that have been around a long time that are really going to have an effect on the locker room. And I, I said I wasn't going to be that guy, but I am. I go back to 2013 where it was a shortened season. Blackhawks start the season 24 games without a loss. And all of a sudden, it's Stanley Cup or bust for us. Those are the expectations in Chicago. And we find ourselves down 3-1 to the Detroit Red Wings in the second round. And um, wasn't looking good in Joe Louis Arena. After the second period, we kind of had a lifeless locker room. And Michael Hanzus, who didn't really say a word, if you guys have ever come across Michael Hanzus, he's a professional, he's quiet, he goes about his business. He gets up and, and starts talking in front of our locker room, kind of waking us up a little bit reminding us of what an opportunity we have here, what kind of a team that we have. Um, and Hanzus had never won the cup before. So we went out, turned the game around. A um, couple big plays from Bickle, Michael Froelich with the penalty shot. We go on to win the series in the Stanley Cup. Now, is it because Hanzus stood up and, and gave a, a speech in the intermission? Probably not. But when you look around the room and you see those guys that haven't won before, it makes you play that much harder. So I know it's kind of a long-winded answer. Uh, I don't know if the Leafs are going to win the Cup or not, but uh, they got a good shot. I like their division. Winnipeg gives them some problems, maybe in the playoffs, but it'll all work itself out. And as long as those guys believe and, and have the want to win, why not them? Dude, it's a great answer. It's a really great answer. Okay. And when you say, hey, uh, I don't want to be that guy who goes back, it's like, well, sorry, you're that guy who's won three Stanley Cups. This is the way it is. <laughs> you won three Stanley Cups, the... and so... You... Can we see the producer's face? Is he smiling? Is he laughing? Or what, what, no, uh, I guarantee he's, a, he's, a, he's giving the thumbs he's up. He's a gray right box. Now. He's a gray box, and it says D for his name, Daniele. That's that's. But if he it, was infuriated, he would definitely oh, show up. We would see his face, yeah, and he'd be he'd yeah. be scowling. So we didn't get that. Okay, yeah, so that's it's good, going pretty good. good. He, I think he's happy. Yeah, he's probably happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been unchanged, so that's a good sign. Uh, the no news <laughs> is good news in this situation. So. Yeah, you, you do have that pedigree, man, and you do have that position to speak on those things, and those things do matter, and I think that longtime hockey fans also know those things. It's a big reason why they brought those guys in in the first place. It has to be, right? Yeah. Joe Thornton is not Joe Thornton anymore. He, can, he wasn't always fleet of foot, but now a lot of times it looks like he's stuck in cement. But you look around that dressing room, and he must matter so much to those guys. And it's that urgency that you, you talk about, that need to win and take advantage of the moment where – it's felt like a while the Leafs are a young team that felt like it was going to last forever. And, hey, you can you can win next year. Hey, you can come back next year. Well, you don't know what next year is going to look for Jason Spezza when he's putting up yep. what is a like renaissance season. You don't know what next year is going to look like for Wayne Simmons, who's on a one-year deal. You certainly know what next year is going to look like for Joe Thornton. It's probably going to involve hockey in Switzerland and more likely than it is going to be the NHL. So, yeah, I do think that stuff matters. But my one concern is, and I go back and forth on this, is you keep playing the same teams every time and there's no juice in the arena and maybe you start to get a little complacent leading into the playoffs. Like, you don't have that same sense of urgency going in night in, night out. Then I try to talk myself into there being a rivalry between these teams, but now you've got sort of the same four groups. I don't know. How how do you think guys are dealing just with that effect of trying to get themselves up for a stretch run or trying to keep themselves locked in when it is a season like this? Yeah, things will ramp up here. We've got 35 games, give or take, across the league for everybody. We've got 20 left. I think we see the league get to another level here down the stretch. If it hasn't already, I saw a little bit of a bump 
over the last 10 to 14 days, I would say, with the trade deadline approaching. And you guys have watched enough and been around long enough to see that there's ebbs and flows to the season. So I do think everybody kicks it into another year. Um, Yeah, Joe Thornton isn't the Art Ross Trophy uh, MVP conversation type Joe Thornton anymore at this stage in his career, but he's still Joe Thornton. And you talk to any player that played in, in my generation of hockey, and every single one of them's got good things to say about Joe Thornton. When you have a guy like that in the locker room and you're a younger player on the roster, uh, you dig in that much harder. And, and I'm going to say when I was in Philadelphia, uh, I played there once upon a time. I started my career there. I think I played 80 games or so over a, a three-and-a-half-year period. I was along for the playoff run. When we lost in Game 7 conference finals to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who went on to beat Calgary in the cup final, and I'll be honest with you, I was 20-something years old, 22 years old. I didn't feel devastated after the loss, to be quite honest with you. I probably shouldn't say that, but it was like, oh, I'm 22, I'm just getting my career started. I'll have many more chances at the Stanley Cup. Well, that Flyers team was good enough to win. We didn't get it done, and I just felt like I'd have a million more kicks at the can. Now, sure enough, I got real lucky going to Chicago and having things turn around there, but some of those players on that Flyers team didn't get another crack at it you know Jeremy Roenick was on that team you know Keith Primo was the captain Uh, we had a a bunch of guys in that roster that maybe that was their best chance so you mentioned Joe Thornton and Spez these guys are are loved across the league on and off the ice they're great teammates they're great people and I don't really care who wins one way or another anymore but I would sure like to see those guys hoist a cup at at some point so would I Uh, I'd really enjoy that talking to Patrick Sharp so um, I think we've seen enough of a sample inside this division to say that on paper they're the best team and doesn't mean that they're going to get out of that. The conversation, I think, has died down a little bit about how difficult the rest of the NHL, and once they get out, oh boy, they're going to get pumped because here's the, the deal. I'm looking at the standings right now. Leafs have the ninth most points in the National Hockey League. They're three points back of Tampa. Like, it is so flat, the standings in the NHL. Are we done with – I know Tampa's got that, that – buzz as being the team to beat and i know they're gonna get a pretty damn good player back for their playoff run it seems like uh vegas has gotten that buzz as well colorado at times but you just look at the standings like seems more wide open than ever and it's the stanley cup playoffs they're always wide open but especially this year i I agree and and we that's what's fun about the season uh in some regards is that we don't know how it's going to look when you know maybe tampa plays toronto or, or whatever throw whatever teams you want in there playing against each other outside of their division. I, I like Tampa. I like Carolina uh, in the Central. I think they've kind of separated themselves as top teams. But again, the standings show otherwise. Um, you go in the in the North, we'll get to them, I guess, at the end. Vegas and Colorado. Minnesota's hanging around. Uh, I'm already at a bunch of teams. Haven't even mentioned the East, which has Washington, New York Islanders. I mean, it, it is wide open. So as far as the North division, uh, you guys tell me, does Toronto have enough to get by Winnipeg? I mean, on paper, so, we, can, we can beat it up to death. I like Winnipeg's depth at the center ice position. I think they've had some, uh, some hard-fought playoffs over the years, just like Toronto. That, to me, is a series I'd like to watch. Montreal stepped it up to another level in the playoffs last year. I know we're hearing about Carey Price going through ups and downs of the season. What if he's going through an up come playoff time and you've got to face him for a seven-game series? So it's never going to be easy. And even though Toronto is sitting at the top right now and on paper they look like they're – a deep team and they're a motivated team and we can say all the right things, it's still going to be yeah. a battle because every time I won a championship, it was never easy. Each series can go either way. That's the truth. It's not just a, a BS statement. 
So it'll be fun to watch. Watch the Leafs make plays under pressure because even though there's no fans in the building, everyone's going to be watching and that pressure will still be there. No, dude, that's why it's insane that your team won yeah. three Stanley Cups because oh. it's so unbelievably hard to win because it's a league of parity, right? There's a salary cap. There's so many teams that are built similarly. There's so many good teams. And I think part of the reason why the standings look a little flat right now is that the games look, looked a little flat right now. If, if I'm being honest, I think guys are in this period. And that's why when you say I think they'll ramp up before the playoffs, that excites me because – to me, the product has not been very good lately, and it's been a lot of very mm, sleepy games from from what I've from what I've been watching compared to what the product normally is. And I, and I feel for these guys because they're probably a little bit tired. They're heading into the deadline. There's questions about their teams, maybe some guys' futures. There's no fans in the buildings like providing that same energy, or if there are fans, there's a very small amount, right? In Dallas or whatever, yeah. it's just it's it's not enough to make you feel like it's a raucous, fun energy. So there's reasons for this, but. When you ask us, hey, well, is, does Toronto have enough to get by Winnipeg? It really does feel like it's going to come down to two things. One is, can they get goaltending that's going to at least come close to what Winnipeg's is going to give them? But the other is, you're right, If especially if Winnipeg decides to put Stastny down the middle and say, this is what we're going to do, we're going to roll three lines with really good centers, then Toronto doesn't have the same amount of depth. But their top two lines, their top two centers are supposed to be better than anybody else's. And this year, Tavares has played a little bit more defensively responsible. That's been the big narrative with him. But his ice time is down. And he's playing like, I think, 17-ish minutes a game. The real question is, can that second line stack up against Winnipeg's and dominate and have real shifts and provide secondary scoring behind Matthews? And you're someone who's played with Tavares. You played with him on that Olympic team that won gold. I'm curious just about your perspective on how you think a guy like that would handle playing 17 minutes a night and having a role that is shifting towards, hey, we still want goal scoring from you, but it's way less of your responsibility, even though he is someone who has like had the capability of being a 40-goal scorer. Yeah, I think he'd handle it just fine. And I'm glad you brought up the Olympics because that's where I was going to go. Uh, first, I was going to remind all you guys that I was on the Olympic team. We uh, reminded you. Was... <laughs> Good boy. I was just joking anyway. I was, I was happy to be there. It was a great team. But I found myself on a line uh, two or three games into the tournament with Rick Nash and John Tavares. And we were, I want to, we weren't really labeled a line, but we were listed as the fourth line. And uh, Tavares was, I was really finding some good chemistry playing alongside. I played with him in a world championships as well. And, he gets all the credit and the headlines read that he scores 40 goals and he's good on the power play and he's got soft hands and he can make all the plays offensively, but he works. He knows his responsibilities defensively. He takes draws. So I think if that's what his role is going into the playoffs, he'll be just fine at that. Um, one thing that I caught my attention last year in the playoffs with, with the Leafs was like, you remember that game that they were trailing against Columbus badly and they just started playing Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Morgan Riley, and it was just like I think they pulled their goalie and had Zach Hyman out there. And it was an unbelievable like assault from the Leafs. Like they have the capability of, of flipping the switch and being an all out attack team. Uh, but a lot of times in the playoffs it's it's hey, how long can we keep this game tied at zero? How long can we just, you know, hang around and keep this game close before one of our game breakers busts it wide open. It's not always let's run and gun, let's let's have points every night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So some of the best hockey I've seen out of a centerman 
in the playoffs over the years. And once again, you know where I'm going with it was Jonathan Tate. And there's been years in the playoffs where we're going in the Stanley Cup Finals and he's got three goals beside his name. But yet, he's our most important player. So it's not always about filling the net, although you do want Tavares to score more than three goals in the playoffs. Uh, there's a lot more responsibilities that he's going to have as a centerman on that team. Yeah, I, I'm not so concerned with the dip in goal scoring. I wish there was more, obviously, and I know that it's part of his identity. It's more just the idea that a guy who's used to 20 minutes a night has to take less. But you know what? Maybe being on a Team Canada, that's where that really helps you because it is a team where you do have to make more sacrifices and you don't get the same amount of minutes. I need to ask you one question about that Team Canada thing now that we brought it up, though. Because one yeah. of the biggest, my biggest points of annoyance is, and I'm sure you've heard this before, and I want to know how much it pisses you off that the Sochi team was too good and that it ruined the Olympics because it was boring because you guys were too dominant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You've heard that before, um, right? Yeah, no, I haven't actually. But I'll, You've I'll never heard it. that? I, no. I, I heard that people think our team was pretty good, and it was. I had a, had a good seat to watch a lot of it. I played a little bit during the tournament. Um, watched, I, I think, like single-digit goals against. It felt like we never got scored on five-on-five. No. Carey Price, no. a couple Latvia chances. Latvia gave you guys the biggest scare. Latvia was, right. was a remember, tough game against Latvia. Do you remember Latvia. that game against Latvia? Yeah. Dude, they made 100 saves against? against you guys. And it was actually, they scored this goal where they did a weird line change and exactly. they caught you by surprise, yeah. buried one. And then all of a sudden it was, holy crap, is Canada going to lose to Latvia? And no, turned out no. But that was the scariest moment of the entire tournament. The rest of it was just wire-to-wire ass-kicking. Yeah. Tavares actually set me up on a goal that game to tie it. But that goal that Lapia scored was a neutral zone draw on like the yeah. defensive side of, of center ice for them. They win the draw. They go D-to-D. And the first defenseman, right close to the bench, jumps into the defense door. And then way down at the other end of the bench, a forward pops out. And, and the benches were so big in Russia. The guy was like at the other far blue line. Hit him for a breakaway and he put a good move. It was a, an awesome play. I remember Crosby like after the game saying, "Did you guys see that play?" And we, some of us like didn't even catch it because the games were happening so fast. We went back and looked at it. Sure enough, like a couple weeks later, when we got back to North America, Pittsburgh tried that play like three times in the in the NHL. It didn't work, but um, yeah. yeah, that Latvia team. Ted Nolan was the coach of it. And, yeah. Uh, the crowd was going nuts. They have a great fan base. Every time in international hockey, the Latvians are, are the best fan base for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And I like the idea of Sidney Crosby. When Sidney Crosby takes notice of something and wants to do it and then, yeah, like trying to implement it uh, during a bunch of games, that, that's, uh, that's, good, that's good hockey stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I had to tell you what is one of, I believe, the worst takes in all of professionals, of, in all of sports history, which is that that was no fun for Canadian hockey fans because it was just no sweats. It was too easy because when the no, amateurs went it, in, it was hard. I, I know it was, it bad. was a lot it harder was... than it looked boys. Yeah. Uh, I'll give yeah. you that. I mean, we played uh, team of USA in the semifinals mm-hmm. and, and Jamie Ben scores late in the game. Like I want to say start of the third period. My, my brain is foggy these days, but he scores that goal. We win one, nothing, yeah. you know, like it, it was yeah. not easy against team USA. We got a bounce in the, in the gold medal game. Nick Backstrom wasn't allowed to play for some stupid reason, and that yeah, kind of hurt Sweden's that? chances. They were already injured with guys, but uh, it was just fun to be around oh, great yeah. players. And he's mentioned Crosby. He's picking everybody's brain, trying to get better. That's why he's still one of the best players today. 
Were you kind of cautious of giving him too much stuff? You're like, yeah, Sid, no, I'm still trying to win. He's trying to pick everybody's brain and, and steal stuff from everybody. You know that he's stealing plays. You're like, yeah, no. Don't, don't say things around Sid. Don't, don't say things around Crosby. Just keep it yourself. I, I love talking hockey, especially with a guy like that. I was roommates with Taser, and he was one of the captains. Uh, and then Crosby and Shea Weber were the other captains. So the dorms, like the, the accommodations that we were living in, some people had six guys in a room. Others had two. Some had three. So I got to stay with Taser in one of the good rooms right across from Crosby and uh, Weber in the other room. Just like I was one of the captains. It was great. I was just tagging along. Yeah, and, your and everybody got a stray dog. Yeah. <laughs> they built the buildings the day before. You arrived, and you're like, oh, this looks new. Yeah. <laughs> just popped up. Uh, Patrick, this is great, man. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. And go easy on my boy Steger. Yeah. We try. We always do. We try. See ya. See you, man. Uh, Patrick Sharp, uh, runner-up in the Victoria's Secrets. Never forget Athletes that, though. 2009. Never forget that people said that about the, what was it, I guess? 2014? 2018? 2014. No, 2018 Winter Olympics when it was the amateurs that went. I don't oh, want to say okay. amateurs because a lot of guys played okay. pro, just yeah. not pro in the NHL. But when they didn't send the NHLers and there was that take of, this is going to be better. Oh, yeah. This is going to be cool because it's not so dominant for us and it's more fair. <laughs> Woof. No, yeah, we all remember the Canadian Olympic team in 2018 with play. Who was ben on that team? Scrivens was on that team. How dare oh, you? Like, you. I. Oh, it was so Can mad. You, I, honest to God, I can't name one person on that team. I, ben I was Scrivens. Just, I tried That's to. It. Yeah, I you had it. Ben Scrivens. Is there any other guy you can name? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I know Matthew Barnaby uh, didn't bet on them. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matthew Bar <laughs> Here's my memories of that Olympics. Matthew Barnaby bet on Team USA Russia. or Russia? No, Russia. No, he bet Russia. on Russia. Put Olympic all the money on Russia. Russia. Yeah, and was rooting for them. And Todd Halushko was involved in Team Germany, so we were rooting for Halushko because he's yeah. uh, Todd Halushko is one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my entire life. He's just an all-time beauty. So I was. I was rooting more for Germany than Canada because I just wanted Halushka to win. I actually had a connection to them because the Canada team was irrelevant. Anyway, bring back the pros so that we can have the idiotic takes of we're too good. Yeah, no doubt.